Hi, this is Dan from Oceanside. You must have run out of podcasts because you're currently listening to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Show everybody, episode 706 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by Brittany Payne. Lovely, talented, scholarly Brittany Page. Sorry, I was watching TV while I was. I know, I was going to say, wait a minute, where is all, <laughs> where's all the praise? All the flourish. Um, so this morning, it's my, it's my day off, and I normally look forward to sleeping in a little bit, just a bit, not a lot. And I woke up at a time I would normally wake up because I bit my tongue in my sleep. I hate that. And when I speak, it's it's pretty painful because I got myself pretty good. I don't know it, if... Wait, wait, wait. You bit it that badly that it, it hurts like right now when you're talking. Yes. And you only bit it one time. Yeah. Yeah. Have you checked to see if you need stitches? God damn. I'm sure it's fine, but... I think it is the stress of the week <laughs> that we've we've had to endure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But luckily, as we're recording this, uh, the first news alert that I got was CNN calling the election for Biden. Like 10 minutes ago. And then I saw AP, and then I saw Fox News. So uh, I think it started with CNN, and then there's just been a flood of news organizations doing the same. So here we are. It's, Even Fox News has called it for Biden. Yes. So Joe Biden, president-elect, and Kamala Harris, vice president-elect. Very, very exciting. Well, it's uh, a relief. Yeah. I'm going to go with it's a relief that Donald Trump is not going to be president going into 2021 and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk a lot about this going forward. We've got a lot of voicemails to play, a couple clips that kind of generally decompress. Um, Brittany and I did a live stream on YouTube on election night for... Five hours. Yeah. Five and a half hours. Like five hours and 20 minutes. Uh, to be very precise, it matters. <laughs> Accuracy matters, Brittany. And with only a, a handful of five to 10 minute breaks. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we ended up just by virtue of necessity yeah taking a three or four minute break every hour yeah and uh, i think those breaks got a little longer as the night went on because oh it's like my voice is still i feel the same still thrashed yeah i'm i gotta give tv people oh yeah a lot of fucking props (laughs) yeah because i'm um i had no idea the toll it would take on on my voice and throat yeah also on the psyche because uh, by the end of the night you were asking me about numbers and I oh yeah I mean I'm no John King so we'll just say that (laughs) um I was struggling to even read numbers on the page I'm like it's been five plus hours we're stressed out but yes definitely props to tv people but I did notice with the election coverage moments where JTAP was also sputtering out. 
Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they get tired, too. And you can tell if you watch them enough. Well, it's... um. It's great. Well, it's different for them. It's a little easier for them because they've got a giant staff of production team. They got for a control sure. room to run things. Yeah, they they have other people to throw to if mm-hmm. they need to go to the bathroom or whatever. Yeah, it was just you, me, and Taylor. Yeah, producer T- Taylor, and bleh, it's it's a rough scene when you're trying to juggle everything yourself. Anyway, enough. Essence of my own D here. But we hope that those of you who joined us enjoyed it. We really loved it. It was the first time that we did something like that like on YouTube. 56, 56,000 people tuned in. Yeah. And it was really nice to interact with a live audience and take questions and process the election as we as it was happening. There so, was a lot of processing that needed to be done. Well, and we appreciate the, the patience on the part of the audience, too, because like we said, it was the first time that we have done something like that and now that we have our first time out of the way we feel like it will be much more smooth in the future just like sex yeah exactly (laughs) yeah can i can i say this before we move on it's about joe biden being named the the president-elect of the united states of america the 46th um i just saw it on cnn while you were talking and i I don't want to forget okay that when the networks called it for Biden, when Fox News and uh, MSNBC and and uh, CNN called it, and the New York Times, when it was official, at that moment, Donald Trump was out golfing. Yes, yep. I, I mean, if in that's Virginia, that is golf course in Virginia. That's a nah, That is a fucking metaphor <laughs> for exactly what has happened over the course of the last four years. That he has spent a third of his presidency at his own properties, profiting. Off of the presidency. Right. And he released a statement. I don't know if we want to read it, but basically he's not conceding and is continuing to ratchet up the fear about the election results. So more of the same from Donald Trump. But luckily, we we have the results now and we can move forward. I also want to highlight the fact that Kamala Harris made history today. Yeah, yeah. It, it's something not to overlook for sure. And she... With with this election, she is becoming the first woman, the first black woman, the first South Asian American woman to be elected to the office of vice president. And um, it, it's another not to to point the 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 spotlight onto the man in the situation, but it's going to be a different situation for the country having a man be the second husband finally Um, well i don't know why the fuck we still do that in 2020 anyway the first lady the second lady just do they also pick a little project that they get to do a little side project that they they'd better if they're going to stick with the way things have been running for 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 the 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 entirety of our country yeah he should do be best too (laughs) really be best yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh god oh we're 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 terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just delirious and happy to finally. I mean, it is. It's a relief. Now, I certainly feel as though the work is not over. And I want to make sure that we also talk about that, too, that we can all feel relieved. We can celebrate. But in that, we also need to acknowledge that 8 million more people voted for Donald Trump this year than they did in 2016. I don't want you to gloss over that. Say it again, but slower, because it is. this is a number that needs to be focused on. It, this is, 
depressing, and it should instill in everybody. Well, I'm I'm rounding up and a little bit unfairly rounding up, I would say. <laughs> so let's be specific. So in, in 2016, he got 63 million votes. This year, as the vote total stands now, he's at 70.3. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's like seven and a half million. It's still seven and a half million people more. More yep. people voted for Donald Trump. I've been talking... Listen, there's a lot for me to toot my horn about, um, <laughs> especially as there always is, on Jesse on D. on the, the the live stream. Yeah, um, I was being pressed by you and the audience to quit being a chicken shit and write my fucking my my picks down for the the, the remaining states. Yeah, we backed your ass into a corner, and I did it. Well, you know, uh, let me let me let me shit on myself first about I, your hair. What about your hair on the live stream? No, when you turned into Doc Brown. That happened too. <laughs> On this show, for years, I've talked about Donald Trump's base and there being this slow, methodical evaporation of support. That, of course, his core of ding-dongs isn't going to go away, but there's going to be some kind of a diminishing number of people that support him. And I was fucking proven wrong this election. Hmm. That almost 8 million more Americans found his message and his fascist style of governance appealing. Mm -hmm. That for whatever reason, the fact that 500, over 500 children may never see their parents again because as a matter of policy, we were going to strip them away to disincentivize people yeah. to try to come to America and seek asylum. Intentional deterrence. So I was wrong. Well, let's talk about that. What do you think it is? What was motivating that? Is it your hope? Was it your optimism about the American people? Was it... I mean, what was motivating it? I think all of that. Mm -hmm. I, that I do have enough faith in the, in, the, in the decency and the goodness of Americans. And it's... It, in, that in itself is actually diminishing and evaporating away from me. Hmm. I still am, am optimistic. I mean, Joe Biden got five million more votes than Donald Trump did. The highest number of popular vote. Yeah, which is a positive thing. But mm -hmm. on the other side of that coin, Donald Trump just received the second highest number of votes for any presidential candidate in the history of our country. Wow. Yeah. So, listen, there's a lot to celebrate. There's a lot There's a lot um, to take a, a, a step back, relax a little bit, sigh, a sigh of relief, and, and, and steal ourselves for the work ahead, like you just said, Brittany. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have to do some fucking soul searching. Yeah. And ready ourselves for the fight that lies ahead because MAGA isn't fucking going away. QAnon and these asswipes they're still here. Some of them are members of Congress now. Ugh. Talking about QAnon specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I like what you're saying about Trumpism not going away. And I want to briefly touch on some numbers from exit polls. And this is what we're talking about when we say Trumpism isn't going away. So this is according to early exit polls from the New York Times. 85% of those who voted for Trump have an unfavorable opinion of Black Lives Matter. 83% of those who voted for Trump say that the U.S. criminal justice system treats all people fairly. 82% of those who voted for Trump say that racism in the United States is a minor problem or not a problem. Yeah. 
this is scary. And we likely we likely know many of these people that, that hold these views. And I know several people who voted for Trump and would say that they're not racist. Right. right? In right. the same breath, they would say, I'm not racist. And then they will start talking about how if black people don't want to be arrested, they should pull up their pants. And that's a legitimate quote from someone that I have talked to that I know who voted for Trump. Yeah. So I can verify I was in the room. Yeah. So and, which was followed, by the way, from me. Is that the way Jesus would would? would is that what Jesus would say? And this person said, I don't care what Jesus would say. And they claim to be an evangelical, God-fearing Christian. Yeah. Ugh. So these are the things that we want to keep in mind, especially as white people, and continuing to do what is necessary to fight for equality, to fight against injustice. And the work isn't going to stop because Joe Biden is president, because Kamala Harris is vice president. It continues because these people, the 70 million people that voted for Trump, they're still here. Yeah. And Trump's going to go away. But what is going to pop up in his place? Or how is he still going to influence those people? Well, let's let's also say this. We got some voicemails to get to and I want to get to them. But when we say Trumpism isn't going away, let me let me be more specific about that. Donald fucking Trump, unless he is convicted, which he better they better fucking pursue charges against him for the many, the myriad crimes, literal crimes, not some nebulous, oh yeah, this is this was a crime against, I'm talking about actual crimes, obstruction of justice, profiting himself, violating the fucking emoluments clause of the, I mean, there, there's a litany of things that they could go after and they had better do that, but Unless they do that and he goes away and they, he literally doesn't have a microphone to access, Donald Trump himself isn't going away. Because now Donald Trump is a former president. Mm. And he's not going to just fade away into the night like Obama did until the last couple months. He's not just going to go away and start painting things like George W. Bush. <laughs> Donald, That's not Donald Trump. That's not his style. He's not going to all of a sudden, after he's not president... Start acting presidential. Although he did make that claim, but that's very fitting for him to lie about his intentions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. I I think you're mal- you're, you're you're besmirching the mm. good the good name and character of Donald Trump by saying he lies, Brittany. How dare you? Yeah. How fucking dare you? Mm. I, I can't take this. This is just disrespect for a for a president. <laughs> How dare you, sir? So anyway, is there anything you want to kind of wrap this up? Any bow you want to put on this before we get to, to voicemails? And no is, is an okay answer, too. The answer is no. <laughs> so we got a lot of voicemails. I think we got five or six here we need to get to. But I debated whether or not to play the angsty, fearful, if you will, voicemails that came on election night and the day after. Because I'm like, ah, well, you know, we don't need to, re- we don't need to relive that. But, but I do want to play them. I, I want to talk about, one, I don't think it's bad to have been fearful or riddled with anxiety on a night like that when literal human lives hang in the balance. It shows that our side really, really cares, not just about the country and the outcome of the election, but other Americans, other people who, do, who are going to suffer even when possibly the people who called in wouldn't suffer. Because that's the mark. 
for me, that's the difference between our side, whether you consider yourself a Democrat or just a liberal or a progressive, and the other side, is a deep and abiding concern for other human beings, even if their concerns don't map on to yours directly. Anyway, let's get to some voicemails and uh, move on with the show. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, it's Josh from Wisconsin calling about what happened last night with this election. Uh, first thing I wanted to say is uh, last time I called, Jesse actually gave me quite the pushback on my comment that uh, America was founded on these ideas of equality and justice, I think is what I said. And he pushed back quite hard on that. Um, I actually appreciate the pushback. I was actually educated some from the comments that Jesse made. And that's actually one of the main reasons I love your podcast and I love the show is I, I love the pushback. I love these new ideas that maybe I haven't been exposed to, maybe challenging my the way I've been brought up thinking. So, And that's how we grow as people. So I definitely appreciate that. I'm, obviously, I'm still calling, so I still love your show. But with what happened last night with this election, the fact that the, Joe Biden is barely at this point winning and possibly might barely win the White House after – both record turnout possibly from this electorate combined with the most unpopular president in modern American history. And not, and along with the fact that he has completely bungled this coronavirus crisis, the worst crisis we've probably faced since possibly the great depression. What the hell are the Democrats doing? How the hell did the Democrats bungle this so badly this should have been a landslide against a racist, vile, hated old man who has no fresh ideas, who campaigned on the exact same thing in 2016 that he campaigned on today. And the thing with Joe Biden, I think, is, and maybe I'm wrong on this, so I'd appreciate pushback, it seems that Joe Biden ran his campaign similar to how Hillary Clinton ran hers in 2016. The same strategy that lost this, well, I'm not Trump, so vote for me campaign. Instead of focusing on the issues, those bread and butter table issues that most Americans focus on are scared about. The last time we had a young charismatic speaker who spoke to the American people on the issues, campaigned with new ideas and hope, the Democrats won pretty handily, and that man was Barack Obama. He didn't uphold all of his promises, as most politicians don't. But is it that the Democrats just aren't winning the issues? You look at Florida, they overwhelmingly passed the $15 an hour minimum wage. Pretty progressive issue. And they lost to Trump. Anyway, I'm hoping you guys are staying sane through this. I had to use a couple drinks last night throughout the uh, live stream I caught. Didn't watch it all, but caught some parts of it. Uh, hope you guys are staying safe in California. You love what you guys are doing. Uh, keep up the great work. Well, Josh, thank you for the call. And also, thank you for loving the pushback that you got from Jesse D when you when you called into the show last time. Can, can I can I address that? Yeah. Not not that specific moment, but Josh and I, I, it seems we have we have some things in common. And that is when someone says something that is against the thing I said, like they push back on me, I really give it thought. Like, hi, is that, am I thinking about this wrong? And most, not maybe most recently, but recently, like about felons voting. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation recently about this. And you you pressed me for, what's the argument against felons voting? Right. And 
I said, you're, you're, ex- you're, you're, this is exactly why I changed my mind on the issue. Because if your reason is that's the way we've always done it, or that's the way it's always been, right? You need to re- recalibrate your your decision making. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I appreciate Josh. Um, that's that's fantastic that someone is is a lot like me. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well. He reminded me of, in his criticisms of Joe Biden's campaign, and, and you're seeing this a lot with the divide between the those in the Democratic Party that tend to be more progressive and those who are not, where this happened in our district. So California's 48th di- district, we have, we had, slash have, the race hasn't been called yeah, yet, we, but we, Michelle Steele is ahead, the Republican. Harley Ruda, uh Previous multiple-time guest on the program. Yeah. He is struggling to retain his seat. And Katie Porter, who is from the district that neighbors us, won her race very handily. And let me say this before you move on. Hold the thought. Um, When we talk about the neighboring district... We live in a very populated area. If you're out there in middle America and the next congressional district could be, you know, miles and miles and miles away. We're talking about streets. Yeah. That one street to the next, you're in a different you're in a different um congressional district. Right. We're talking about mere mere hundreds of feet away. Yes. Is is the is the other district. Right. And and so we obviously know Katie Porter. She's always dunking on the Pharma Bros and with her whiteboard. Yes. And a progressive icon at this point. Won her district, which is right next to ours. Kicked, in in Orange County, which is filled with Republicans. Kicked ass against a former Marine colonel. Yeah. Greg Raths, who ran on I'm a Republican. You should vote for me because I, literally, yeah. in some of his commercials, <laughs> you should vote for me because I'm a Republican. Yeah. Now, Harley Ruda, again, in our in our district, the Democrat, he's struggling to retain his seat. The race hasn't been called, although they're reporting it's a 100% count right now. I don't know how that's... And Michelle Steele, the Republican, is ahead. He, remember, endorsed Michael Bloomberg. Right. Early, and, early on, one of the first, I think. And Harley Ruda ran on progressive ideas like Medicare for All. In 2018, originally he did. Yeah. And then he got in there and he was not a progressive. His commercials this time consisted of talking about how much he worked with Republicans. Right. And how the Chamber of Commerce endorsed him. Right. And, I mean, he really went overboard to run as Republican light. And he it looks like he's going to fucking lose. Right. And so I think that Democrats should start paying attention to this, how prominent progressives are able to lead and retain majority support in even Republican areas. That should be meaningful to Democrats. They should start listening rather than trying to go Lincoln Project and appeal to the Republicans. I mean, you even had Chuck Schumer. We saw a clip of this today on a YouTube video we were watching. He was talking about how we may, for every one blue-collar worker that we'll lose, we'll likely get two... Two to three, he said. Two to three former Republicans. And that... The way that he said it was, who cares if we lose the the blue-collar worker? Yeah. That shouldn't be your position of wanting to get the former Republicans. Because as we're seeing with the Lincoln Project, their idea now, now that they're done making mean ads about the president, is to resurrect the Republican Party. Michael Steele said this. That's their new goal. And even if that isn't, that is the stated goal. That's the stated goal. 
I think even during their campaign against Donald Trump, they made a concerted effort to drag the Democratic Party right. Mm. Yeah. To influence. And look, in large part, it has worked because uh, John Kasich might be looking at a cabinet position. John Kasich, who wants to defund Planned Parenthood. John Kasich. We need, the, look, It's the work starts now to pressure Joe Biden to do the fucking right thing. Now, let me address jo- Josh's complaint about Biden's campaign. Shit on Biden a little bit. Um, and then now I'm going to say something positive. I don't think he did what Hillary Clinton did in 2016. Some of it he did, but it was out of necessity because of a fucking pandemic that has killed almost a quarter million Americans a pandemic that over the course of the last week, 100,000 plus new infections have taken place. So it's not necessarily that he just, I'm lazy, sitting back on my, on my haunches, I'm not going to campaign. He was responsible, unlike other people. Right, with all the rallies. And let's let's highlight that for sure, that the United States has hit coronavirus case records for three days in a row yeah. the past three days. So I think we've all kind of gotten to a point where it's been going on for so long that we've we've adjusted and it doesn't feel as abnormal. So we're losing sight of where we are with the pandemic, especially as the election news has kind of overshadowed the case numbers. But we can't lose sight of where we are with coronavirus and the fact that this pandemic is still ongoing, that we still need to socially distance. We still need to wear masks. We're not going to get into a full length lecture like we did last time. But don't forget those things. What? 132,797. 133,000 Americans got coronavirus yesterday. Wow. Yesterday. Yeah. So that is going to inform how he campaigns. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is, I don't believe that he ignored Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. And the evidence of that is he won those states. So, I, I listen, uh, there's a lot to be critical of Joe Biden going forward relative to trying to create. Here's the other thing. There's so many fucking issues. Is right now Joe Biden, it was reported, is, tr- is going to kind of pause and let Donald Trump compress and let the Republican Party catch their, their breath and, and really get their brains around the fact that he's going to be president next and that Donald Trump lost. When are we going to stop creating a safe space and a conciliatory attitude toward Republicans? All we're doing is giving them moments to fucking regroup. They do not act fairly. They do not act with with the best interest of the country in mind. We need to charge ahead, rush ahead, get them off their fucking balance, and take the fucking country back. What's remarkable to me about this whole period of time where Donald Trump has been consumed by the quote-unquote unfairness and illegitimacy of the election results, is that he's continuing to do what he's done this whole time. He's only worried about himself. He's only consumed by his own image and what other people think of him. As, As the United States is hitting these record case numbers each day for the past three days straight, 
he hasn't been talking about coronavirus. I mean, he, yeah, but never really has. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that. But it's as it's getting worse. He still is yeah. hiding from the real issues. He's not concerned about how people are suffering in the midst of this pandemic, how people are languishing in in poverty. And, and well, they're all about spinning the lies because Mark Meadows just got the chief of staff for the White House just got coronavirus. And Donald Trump Jr. is continuing to tweet that, oh, it, the magic, it magically went away. What a coincidence that no one's talking about. We're still talking about it, you fucking piece of shit. The chief of staff has it. Also, it's not just Mark Meadows. I think there's also four to five additional aides that also have it in the in the White House. And they also are upset because they weren't informed and Mark Meadows continued to be in the White House for the past week. Because they don't take it seriously. They don't act responsibly. They don't give a fuck about putting other people in danger, even if those people are their people. Right. And so it's it's difficult to have conversations with Trump supporters that are now parroting the talking points about the election results being illegitimate because you just want to shake them and say, yeah. what is he doing right now to benefit you? All this is about is benefiting himself. That's it. Let me read this tweet um, from Herschel Walker, former NFL uh, player. Instead of us fighting and going to court, why don't we have Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin vote again? We can have it done within a week and maintain our democracy. He wants a redo Coincidentally, only of the states that Donald Trump is in danger of losing or lost. He, he doesn't want to recount um, Idaho or Oklahoma or Texas. He wants to recount the states that Donald Trump is losing in. He, or redo, not recount. He wants to redo the election. Yeah. This is what they're saying. And I would say this. For me, well, I don't want to give advice. I'm not going in, to engage with these dipshits. I'm not go- I'm not going to do that. Because if you ask them for what evidence they have that this was illegitimate, if you ask them for what evidence they have that there was fraud, you're not going to get any. So don't don't waste I'm I don't want to give advice. I'm not going to waste my fucking precious energies in 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 dealing with that bullshit. Sometimes we're just so on the same page, Jesse D. And I. this is something I wanted to talk about. I'm so happy that you brought this up. It's almost like we prepped for the show and we really didn't. We did not. I, <laughs> I yes, I'm going to give advice. So you didn't give advice. I'm going to give advice. If you do engage with people, here's a here's a little tool that you can use to not waste your time. Simply ask for evidence. And this is what's happening with Republicans surrounding Donald Trump right now is journalists are asking them, what is your evidence that fraud has occurred? They're even asking the legal team that. And they cannot provide any. Yeah. So why even talk to someone who can't provide evidence of their claims? It's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it to have a conversation with someone who believes something that's not based on evidence. What are you supposed to do with that? You can't challenge it. You can't prove them wrong. They don't value evidence. <laughs> what evidence can you provide when someone doesn't value evidence? That's it. That's right. I mean, listen, if you're going to engage with them, again, I'm not giving advice, but I'm saying if it were me and I was going to engage, it's, it's a tough balancing act to play here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would, I would just say, provide me the evidence and until you, di- ha- until you do, a good day to you, sir. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not going to get into back and forth. Provide the evidence or don't. Right. You know, or shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> that would probably be what I would say. But I'm not going to do it because fuck them. Can I also give you a shout out? Because I did. I backed you into a corner on the live stream and forced you to write down your election predictions. Yeah. And you, this was after many states had already been called. But these are the states that weren't called yet. Yeah. And you wrote down your predictions and you were only wrong about one of them. Michigan. Michigan. And I wasn't like overly optimistic and like, oh yeah, all these are going to go for Biden. Michigan, I know I'm now I'm really tooting. Well, uh, <laughs> you also, yes. <laughs> it's there. I may as well use it. You know what I mean? You also didn't do any of this cowardly leans Biden leads Trump nonsense. No, you went all in yeah. and you made your predictions and you, you were bold about it. So I appreciate that. Well, let me, let me just run through them. I have the paper here. Oh. Because it was on the desk because I took a picture. Well, of get it. it out of the frame on the wall and take it down. <laughs> so there's going to be a glare on that glass. So I framed it. Um, I chose Arizona Biden, Florida Trump. Pennsylvania Biden, Texas Trump, Minnesota Biden, Nevada Biden, Ohio Trump, North Carolina Biden, we don't know yet, Mm. so we'll see. I haven't circled that one. But I chose Michigan for Trump, and I was wrong about that. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess... And you still toot your own horn. It's perfect. That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) I mean, if that was a parlay, I'd lose the bet. Yeah. But that's a... It's a lot to be right about. You're right. Yeah, you're right, Brittany. You're very right. It's a lot to Mm -hmm. be right about. Yeah. I am a fantastic and amazing character... I am a national treasure, I think, is what Brittany Page is saying. Mm. <laughs> sure. Anyway, uh, thank you for that. Yes. Josh, look at that jumping off point you provided for us. Have we been talking Holy for 20 shit. minutes? <laughs> 20 minutes? We're over. We're like almost 35 minutes here. We're- the election happened, you guys. We-, we have a lot to talk about. That's one fucking voicemail. <laughs> that was one of six voicemails. Okay. All right. Well, listen, if you would like to sound off, we're still going to be talking about this, obviously, going into the next episode. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone or send a regular old-fashioned email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. It's Bill from Cincinnati. Um, The morning after the presidential election, this is November 4th, 2020, and... All I can say is what the fuck is wrong with our country, all right? Um, looking at the numbers, it's 8.05, 8.11 in the morning, Cincinnati time. The AP has Biden up 238 to Trump's 213 with several states still undecided. Popular vote, I had no... I fully thought Joe Biden was going to win popular vote, and he's winning it right now. 69,041,585 to Trump's 66,765.52. That was never in question in my mind. What I question is the 66 million who voted for Donald Trump. If you voted for him in 2016, you had no idea what was going to happen. A lot of people might have voted for him thinking, fuck Hillary. Okay, I, I get that. I didn't like Hillary, but I voted for her anyway. Because what the fuck was Donald Trump going to do? But we've seen what Donald Trump did and what he's going to do. If you voted for him this year, I have no qualms with telling you to the fuck out of my life. All right? It's insanity. We know what he's going to do. We know who he is and what his plans are for the country in the future. There's no reason at all 
to have voted for Donald Trump in 2020. This country is fucking over. There's no, we have, we have no hope anymore. Um, sorry for all that, but, uh, love the show. Uh, Jesse Cussing is the best part. Wow. Well, what I have to say to that, Phil, is fuck you. <laughs> mm. Listen, I, I agree and I disagree with, the, with some of the points here. One is that even the day after the election where he's not feeling great about everything, still relevant. The statement of what the fuck is wrong with our country still plays. It still fucking plays. Because what the fuck is wrong with our country? That, that, that Donald Trump, the numbers we just mentioned... Almost 70 million votes. Or is it now over 70 million? It's over 70 million. 70 million, 70 million people after witnessing and experiencing the last four years. And let me say, even more disconcerting and baffling is the fact that he picked up support in minority communities, in, in black and brown communities, he got more votes this time than last. How the fuck does that happen? What am I missing? That's what I asked myself. Now, as far as, as, as Phil's there's no hope, I ardently disagree with that. Because if there's no hope, then what are we doing? Then why are you calling in if there's no hope? Then you, you should be just giving up. I don't believe that you even believe that. I think in a moment of, for lack of a better term, weakness, you might feel that way. But you don't really feel that way ultimately. Otherwise, you wouldn't be engaging here. Keep your chin up, everybody out there, not just Phil in Tennessee, um, we got a lot of work ahead of us. And if you do feel it's hopeless, that means you're checking out and you're not going to be on the team to get the work done. And it is critically, vitally important now more than ever to fight against Trumpism and the 70 million asswipes that still remain and are dedicated to the de- to destruction of our country. All right. Thank you for the voicemail, Phil. We appreciate it very much. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is uh, Chris down in Atlanta, just feeling uh, somewhat hopeless here. Uh, not sure if you guys are going to record this week or not, but going to post the question to you anyway. Um, and also, thank you for the live stream yesterday. Um, so it looks like this is going to have to be settled um, very likely through some court wrangling and battling. My question is, being that Trump has elected nearly 300 sycophants to the district court and, um, you know, obviously his, uh, his handmaid to the Supreme Court. What, is there any way that Biden can maintain a victory if it goes to the district courts? Um, if so, like how do we prevent or I guess the general question is, can he, is there a chance and what can be done to prevent any sort of the, the 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 Trump lackeys that he pointed for kind of stealing this election. The other part of the question I have is, you know, regardless of the outcome, we now know that 
over a big chunk of the United States, um, is gleefully proud and, and willing to express and in, in through votes and, and anything like that, their white supremacy and, and, and um, you know, and, and just kind of gross underbelly. <clears throat> what does that really kind of... Uh, What's the effect of that globally on on our reputation? And you know the dam. What's the dam? Can the damage done to our, our government institutions, um, both domestically and and how it's perceived abroad, be repaired after this? Um, is this kind of a, a are we on a precipice? Have we already gone over the precipice? Is this kind of a point of no return? Um, and is the kind of what America, like you mentioned previously, Jesse, you know, the American values, um, is going back to a, a caller and, and the white supremacy thing. Is that still true? I mean, you know, is America still what it once stood for? Are, or do we kind of just acquiesce and say, no, we're, we're a country where white males, um, dominate and, 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 and do so gleefully? Anyway, um, yeah, curious to hear your, you, you, both of your thoughts on these. Um, yeah, man, uh, thank you. Thank you for the live stream, and, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, I love the community, man. It, it really helps. All right, thanks. So let's talk about the issue of the courts right now. Obviously, Trump has repeatedly said that he wants to take this to the Supreme Court, but th will he ever get there? That's unlikely. It's it's pretty unlikely. Yeah. Well, there's, there's just no case. That's exactly right. So he's he's made multiple claims about uh, election fraud. These are um, unsubstantiated. Right. And lawsuits that have been filed by his campaign so far have been like small scale summarily efforts. dismissed. Yeah, they're unlikely to affect many votes, and some of them have already been dismissed, like you said. Let, so, me, let me also say this con concerning the actual claim of of a conspiracy. It's and it's been said before, but how wily do they think the Democrats are that their own they've somehow surgically engineered a win for for Joe Biden? but gave up seats in the House and didn't guarantee themselves the Senate. I mean, get the fuck out of here. It's just goddamn nonsense. Yeah, and it's very different from the 2000 election, which was ultimately decided by the Supreme Court because Bush at that time was leading in Florida. He went to the court to stop a recount. Trump right now is suggesting a strategy with a focus on multiple states right. where the winning margins are slim. And so he would basically have to persuade the Supreme Court that they should set aside votes in like two or more states. Yeah. Not only that, I don't know what, what the what the campaign's legal team saying now, but it, it was stop the count where I'm winning. Right. Continue the count where I'm losing. Yeah. I or mean, do recounts where it's, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. a slim mark. So it's just that you can't it was just this scattershot bullshit or pro a very Trumpian way of looking at it from a strategy standpoint. Well, in in after the election day, he actually tweeted, quote, we'll be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. We want all voting to stop. We want all voting to stop. Yeah. And <laughs> some of the Trump supporters came out on this and they said, well, voting has stopped. People aren't voting. And we, we get what he means. He means the counting of the votes. Guys, yeah, he, we get it. This is the other thing. 
And this is just related to, you know, look on the bright side here, people. We're not going to have a fucking moron as a president anymore. I mean, whether you like Joe Biden or not, he's not a stupid man. I mean, my time on Capitol Hill, Biden was one of the good guys. My time on Capitol Hill when I was a fucking Republican, Biden was a guy I liked. Biden was a guy that every time I had interactions with him was a decent, good man, where that wasn't always the case. Guys like John Kerry were fucking elitist jerk-offs who really put a bad taste in my mouth. Hmm. Um, anyway, but Biden was one of the good guys. That's good. So, good to know. So, um, yeah, I mean, even watching his speech last night was just, mm-hmm. a, just a, a wash of normalcy. Like, oh, wow, we're going to have a president who talks like a normal person, who who honors the, the 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 legacy and the institutions and the the actual office that he holds, it's just gonna be mm, mwah, you know, fucking chef's kiss over here. But that doesn't signal time to relax and no. become uninvolved. No, we keep being involved. We keep the the scrutiny up. But I also want to go back to the court issue. All of these statements from Donald Trump, this is these are the death throes. That's what we're seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For it's, sure. It's the end. He's screaming loudly into the void. He knows what's happening. Everyone around him knows what's happening. A lot of all caps tweeting lately. Right. And I'm not saying <laughs> that he can't do damage during this time. In fact, I'm fearful that he will. Is right. He, he's still president until January 20th. Right. Is he going to concede? Is he going to make a concession speech? Is he going to come out in that speech and drop some QAnon conspiracy bullshit? I mean... <laughs> There's yeah. a lot right now that is still uncertain, but when it comes to the challenging of the election results in the courts, you need to have evidence, and right now they have none. So, yeah. uh, on on the point of the work continues, um, we got a call from Marcus in North Carolina, and I wanted to when he says NC when he's talking about NC, he's talking about North Carolina here. Hello, Jesse, Brittany, and Popeye. It's Marcus in North Carolina. An excited Marcus. As of this recording, Pennsylvania, and thus the election, has been called for Biden by one election tracker, and the other media organizations will probably follow suit later today. I am relieved. I am crying, and I am more calm than I've been in four years. On some level, I won't fully believe it until he's inaugurated, but for now, this is wonderful. But... You knew there had to be a buck coming. Marcus doesn't call in just to celebrate. <laughs> the Senate is in a bad place. Without Senate control, Biden can't confirm judges. He can't confirm his cabinet. And he can't pass any bills. There are four seats left uncalled. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Alaska will not send us a Democrat senator. Cal Cunningham versus Tom Tillis here in NC is still uncalled. Finally, both Senate seats in Georgia will probably go to a runoff in January. This means we aren't done working. Number one, if you live in NC or near a good-sized NC city, please help us canvas to fix mail-in and provisional ballots. Some people had their ballots rejected due to issues with signatures or witnesses, and these can be fixed between now and November 12th. We still may, may be able to win the NC Senate seat. Number two, Help us work Georgia for the two runoff elections. The two Republicans are basically criminals. We have a shot at stopping them. 
We can register new voters ahead of these elections. We can phone bank. We can send money. We can do a lot, and it's critical that we don't take our eye off the ball. So let's celebrate this victory by ensuring that means we can actually change things. Some fantastic points, as always, from Marcus, who was a goddamn gem. Um, This Georgia runoffs in both of those races are fucking critical to get involved, even if you don't live there. Find out how you can get involved, whether it be getting in contact with the, the Georgia Democratic Party or the actual campaign. Find out how you can get involved. Get, if you got $5, donate a few dollars. This is going to be critical to have, um, even if we tie in the Senate, a tie vote in the Senate, it's going to give Kamala Harris something to fucking do as vice president, breaking tie after tie after tie, even in cases of confirmations. The work isn't done. The Senate is a critical battleground. Because if not, Mitch fucking McConnell is again the majority leader. Well, in order to guarantee control of the Senate, Democrats needed to gain four seats. And right now they have flipped two seats. That's one net gain. So definitely, especially with the the two runoffs that you're talking about, those are critically important. And I like how Marcus, talking about himself in the third person, doesn't just call in (laughs) to celebrate. He also calls in with practical ways that people can continue to do the work. Fucking awkward. And that's why we love Marcus. Absolutely. Longtime listener, longtime supporter of the show. All right. Moving on. I just want to say win, lose, whatever, Stacey Abrams deserves anything she wants. Whatever the fuck that woman wants, give it to her. Just just, just give it to her. If she wants to own the whole entire state of Georgia, just let her do it. Because technically, she is the governor of Georgia. She really is the governor of Georgia. And not only did she have an election stolen from her, She decided, I'm going to make sure that this never happens to anyone again and is doing a grassroots work to get people to vote while Brian Kemp does nothing. Give the woman whatever the fuck she wants. She she can own this planet for all I care. I don't care. Stacey Abrams deserves literally everything. Give it to her. And that's it. So Stacey Abrams did get the attention that she deserves once the numbers started going Biden's direction in Georgia because she has been an activist registering people to vote like like the caller who did not name themselves. So we will not name the caller because that's one of our rules said Stacey Abrams ran for governor against Brian Kemp and lost that race. She actually came within 55,000 votes of winning that race. And after after Brian Kemp, who was the secretary of state of the state of Georgia and in charge of elections, threw out hundreds of thousands of of voter registrations. Yeah. So she has been working. She's she's built this network of organizations that work against voter suppression in the state. And and she's inspired an estimated 800,000 residents to register to vote in Georgia, which is 
incredible. Well, we're 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 witnessing the the fruits of that labor right fucking now. Yeah. So she does. She deserves all the attention. She deserves all of the praise. I actually saw a tweet where someone said that Pete Buttigieg and Stacey Abrams should be given awards or something for how important their work has been. Pete and Buttigieg. I saw someone retweet it and say, yeah, Stacey Abrams has been fighting voter suppression and created hundreds of thousands of new voters. And Pete Buttigieg was clever on Fox News. <laughs> Uh, I love Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and that about says it all, right? Yeah, no shit. Yeah. So, so, so listen, this is exactly what we're talking about, with, going back to Marcus's call, about organizing. What's to say that any one of you out there can't be another Stacey Abrams? Now, listen, Stacey Abrams was a fucking child prodigy, and she's a goddamn genius. So maybe you won't be a Stacey Abrams, but it takes actual sweat and tears and and getting out there and actually being an organizer to make the difference just because you're not going to make an impact quite as large as Stacey Abrams doesn't mean you shouldn't get out there and try and right now we all have an opportunity whether it be through money or actual volunteerism and dedicating your time and your labor and your effort to make it a difference especially in the senate race and Georgia so get out there Please, for the sake of your country, for the sake of your fellow Americans, for your sake of, of immigrants who live here and have been treated so shitty for so long, not just only through the last four years, but years prior. All right. Last voicemail. And I think I'm going to call it. I think we're going to get to some of these other, uh, other issues later on a full episode that will be more traditional because we haven't even done a Patreon call, the, the mid roll where we, where we talk about our, our latest support. So last voicemail, and then we will uh, wrap it up. How you doing, Jesse and Brittany? This is Chaz from Virginia, but currently I'm in upstate New York uh, for work. I work for a government contractor. I'm trying to fit everything I have to say in the three minutes before I get cut off. So I work for a government contractor back home on the east coast of Virginia, Hampton Roads area, north of Virginia Beach, all that area. And I work very military area, but I work around a lot of MAGA people. And when I had to come up here to upstate New York for work, which is extremely MAGA, I don't know how to deal with these folks, especially in the climate that we're in. My wife, who's a extremely uh, more tolerant person, patient person than I am, we had a conversation the other day about voting and the election, and I told her that I don't care if it's a coworker that I've known for, you know, 14, 15 years. If you vote for dumbass, then you're racist to me. And she told me that you shouldn't think of everybody like that because that's not true. They just may agree with his certain policies, but not that. And I said, I understand that you're a very much more enlightened person than I am. But if you vote for that guy, you basically stand for everything he stands for. 
that's how I see it in my book. So I just wanted to get your guys' take on how to deal with these, you know, the MAGA crowd, and what would you guys do? I love the show. Uh, Jesse, you're the best, best part. Uh, simplify. Well, thank you, Chaz. Um, God damn. I, I, <laughs> you kind of alluded to this earlier, right? Yeah, About that you're not going to deal with them. I'm, I'm, uh, well, I, I'm even, I'm even in my mind thinking about disconnecting from people. I've already gone through, uh, for the sake of my own mental health and didn't unfriend people, but just unfollow, unfollow, unfollow on Facebook. So I don't see their, their conspiracies and their bullshit. But I don't know that I'm the right guy. I, I would defer to you on on how to how to navigate these waters because I am more of a fuck off. I, you're dead to me. I don't give space for racists in my life. And I would push back against, I, I believe he said it was his wife who's, who's more enlightened than him. I'm in the same boat, <laughs> uh, Chaz, because I'm... I don't believe that they only... Like, oh, well, they, they just overlook the racism or they don't believe it's actual racism. Donald Trump showed his hand over the course of four years. He's a fucking racist. We know about the 70s and renting apartments and taking applications, rental applications from, from, from black New Yorkers and writing a C for colored on the back of the application. Donald Trump's a racist. We know he's a racist. So I don't see any way to duck and and cover from the 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 clear allegation or, or the ability to, to, to level the accusation that if you voted for him, you're either a racist or you're absolutely okay with racism. As Imram, Ibram X. Kendi, and I'm sure many other people, maybe even before him, have said, there's only two. You're either anti-racist or you're racist. I, I'm, I'm of, that, of that mindset. So if, you're, if, if racism isn't a deal breaker for you, you're a fucking racist. As, as to how to navigate these waters and deal with them, I don't know. This is going to be a conversation that we continue to have on the show. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a few ways to answer this question. And I don't know that there's any right way to answer the question. Yeah. But let's say that Chaz wants to genuinely engage with people and try to change their minds. One thing that we know doesn't work is mockery. So mocking people for their dumb views, mocking people for the things that they believe. If you really want to engage with someone and have the best chance of changing their mind or, or moving that needle a little bit, then you want to engage with them in good faith, taking them seriously. Um, appealing to narrative is often a good way. Uh, using anecdote, people are, are more convinced by that than they would be facts. And asking people where they got their information or where they where they where that belief originated. Starting there can also be a useful point of starting to undo some of that. Now, that's always kind of my aspiration is engaging with people in good faith and and trying to move the needle a little bit. But I don't always succeed at that. And in particular, in my in my personal private life, like on my Facebook page, I don't particularly do well with that. And a perfect example is I, I recently kind of called out Idaho as a whole, specifically my Idaho connections that I still have. And it was a post where I talked about 
it not being a coincidence that my parents moved us from California to Idaho in the early 90s, they, they did that very intentionally for two reasons. And that was to raise us in an area where there were more white people and fewer people of color. That was explicit. And, and, and Idaho fits that oh, to a T. Right. And in order to be closer to Aryan nations, closer in proximity to Aryan nations, which at the time was located in northern Idaho. The compound is now gone. But white supremacists or not. So I made this point because I saw so much Idaho Trump pride in my feed. And for me, all that signals is the stranglehold of white supremacy still in that state. And someone that I don't really know commented on it and was shocked that I was drawing the racism comparison here with Trump supporters and said, if that's the case, we should call people that voted for Biden pedophiles. Ugh, fucking QAnon. Yes, you have a QAnon person here. And this is an example of something I'm not going to engage with or take seriously. And so I responded in a in a way that used mockery because for me, it's not a serious commentary. Didn't engage with any of the numbers that I provided, any of the evidence that I provided. And so why would I waste my time? And, and this is kind of the point I tried to make earlier about evidence. Don't waste your time with people who aren't going to provide evidence. If they want to have a good faith conversation and they really want to engage, you can tell when someone wants to do that. If they're not willing to do it, don't waste your time. It's like Hitchens said, you know, that that, that which can be asserted without ev- evidence can be dismissed without evidence. Yeah. That's, that should be the, the gold standard here. But let me, let me toss it to the audience. I really think we should have uh, a full um, conversation about this. How do we go forward dealing with Trump people, with the vestiges of MAGA that continue and will continue, but maybe for a generation? We can't just ignore the 70 million people that voted for Donald Trump. They're, they're not going to just go away. Therefore, they're, they're in the country. They're around us. Right. We have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. We have to deal with reality on reality's terms. So, 657-464-7609. Email voice memos. I doubt it at dollamore.com. And, of course, we want to hear your opinions, even if it's just, yeah, fuck them. But I also want to hear from people, I especially want to hear from people who have a nuanced view of how to do this. Because it's not easy. It's not just, well, you, you have to talk to them. It, we, need, we need actual, actionable items that people can put into practice in their lives because there's a lot of people out there who are experiencing anxiety because they live... Listen, I'm on a fucking bubble. I'm in a bubble here. I rarely leave the house. I exist in a studio looking into a camera or doing the podcast. I... I live in a, a, a liberal oasis with with Britney Page and Popeye. Well, I don't have to go to a job where I deal with fucking Trump jackasses. Popeye might be a Trump supporter. We don't know. Uh, he's a little chompy, but you know, I don't. I don't. I think that's you're maligning him. He seems like a Jill Stein kind of dog. <laughs> wow, you just hate Popeye. <laughs> anyway. We want to hear from you guys, and let's let's have a, a full conversation over the course of several episodes to really get to some strategies here. Um, if you've never called in, but you have some ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Um, 
We're going to end it there. We love you guys. We're in a good space. Overall, we are in a good space. Getting rid of Donald Trump and his particular flavor of governance where he self-enriches while governing only to benefit those who supported him. We're in the middle of a pandemic that is raging on at record levels every single day. Things are looking up. Anyway, we'd love to hear from you again. 657-464-7609. Email a voice memo, as always, from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you guys. Congratulations, America. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It.